Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bash Bros Podcast. My name is Brad Nelson, and today I am joined by my brother from another mother, Corey Baumeister. How's it going, bro? Well, hello, Brad. I'm doing pretty good. You know, no complaints from me. Got out of town with my loving fiance last weekend for a little a little getaway and now prepping uh, for my first world championship. So I cannot complain about my week, I must say. Yeah, it's really exciting. You've been doing this commentary gig for a few years now, and yeah. your your dream was to always work the big show. So you'll be commentating the finals, right? Yeah, no, I, I didn't quite make it that far. I'm, you know, I'm the entry level of this commentating job and, you know, I'm not going out to, you know, Hawaii or anything, but this is still pretty cool. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. No, I, I'm I'm excited uh, to see you. You're uh, you can you can talk about what you're actually doing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm just like doing some deck techs and uh, I'm the limited expert and talking with Marshall and Paul a lot about the drafts and, and fun stuff like that. So yeah, it should be a lot yeah, of fun. That, that, that's actually exciting for uh, many people, not me, but it's still exciting <laughs> that limited is part of worlds. Um, yeah. My plan, my plan actually is to do a co-stream this weekend uh, watching coverage. But during the limited portion, I was going to be playing all the new awesome decks that just got posted. But that uh, that didn't happen. Um, the decks yeah. were posted early and it did give us a piece of content today. So that's great. Yep. Uh, but it always sucks when things like this do happen. So, uh, you know, I feel for all of the competitors, all 16 of them that have extra work to do this week now that they have things to test and stuff to do. But for all of us <laughs> watchers and viewers, it, you know. And, they, and Brad, is, and for all the mono green players, they're like, yeah, whatever. I'm still going to attack, you know, so it's probably yeah, not so yeah. bad for them either. <laughs> no, that is very true. But uh, because it is the world championship, we do have a special guest. Each episode of the Bash mm. podcast does have a special guest. And with this week being the world championship, we wanted to bring in a previous world champion. Nice. Sadly, we Seth, get yeah. Sadly, though, Seth, William, Jensen, Paulo, Shahar and Javier could not be here. So we got uh, the other one. Ah. Uh. Okay. Guys, it is an honor and a privilege to be this week's <laughs> special guest on the Brothers Who Bash podcast. For the past five years and one month since I won the world championship back in 2016, I thought to myself, Brian, you've made it, but have you made it far enough? Because there was one last frontier for me to cross. And that was being asked to be the special guest on the then still a figment in his parents' imagination, Bash Bros <laughs> podcast. And today, I realize that dream. And today, I become truly a fulfilled man. Well, I mean, that, that is great, Brian. And that we is are... thanks to Corey Baumeister. A limited expert, yes, not the yes, format. You're welcome, and Brad Nelson. <laughs> Brian, that was well, one we... of your best intros on this podcast that I've ever heard. I mean, we should just close it here, Brad. Just you know, let let the man take his bow and and go on from here. We are also that you're here. Uh, you that cut out. Uh, no, we no, are that you're here, man. It's it's that. That cut that part cut out. I mean, we've well, I, we've I, gone I, too far, right, Brad? I think we should just probably continue the episode, like get started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we, we've we've got a lot to do, Brian. So mm -hmm. we are very that you're with us today, and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing your expertise when it comes to winning a tournament full of limited and standard. Yeah, that yeah. cut out. And it hey, is Brian, also Brian, let me let me stop you for a second, and just remember, everybody, this podcast can be found on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitchers. Uh sorry, oh, Brian. Don't. Uh, don't don't forget also Corey. don't forget we also have a new patron jp thank you so much Ooh. jp for being a patron of the bachelor's podcast if you would like to support our show and endeavors you can do so at patreon.com slash bachelor's podcast more on that at the end of the episode when we talk to our cast and crew yeah brad i would also say i mean i think jp is the most important special guest we've had you know today on this on this podcast so really Huge the, thanks the, to JP. The, the, the best yeah. that we've announced at, at the very least, yes. Just, um, yeah, for sure so far. Yeah, I would have to agree. Yes. Oh, yeah. and don't forget that you can now find our awesome Mario-esque Bash Bros uh, art on sleeves. You can go find that in a link below if you go on Pod Nitus, Pod <laughs> Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher and go, you'll see a link to our merch store. So check those out. They're really cool. How do I not that even part, have any of them? 
that part didn't cut out. Well, yes. you haven't come. You, well, you didn't grab <laughs> them when you came and visited for that one minute when you took stuff from me. Oh, that's um, fair. That's fair. Okay. Your yeah. stuff. Your stuff. Um, hey, some and, of that uh, was Brian's. And lastly, Corey and I have something awesome to announce. We are both now sponsored by Mana Traders. Ooh, uh, the, ooh, ooh. And this month's um, Mana Trader series will be standard on the 23rd and 4th of this month. So if you have a Mana Traders account and want to compete in that, uh, queue up. Uh, we have bounties on our head. So if you beat us, you'll get additional prizes as yeah. well. And if we beat you, we get to keep them. So we're going to do our best to do that. But we also do yeah, have Brad, two promo I say codes. We, we got a test for that, too. I mean, we cannot oh, let all be. these people that have been dominating these Mana Traders event just owe to us both. I mean, one of us is fine, but, you know, let's let's try to kick some butt. Oh, and I agree. And if you are interested in trying Mana Traders yourself, I do have a promo code called FF3. Well, I have a promo code uh, actually that'll get, better. That'll get 50% so off your next two months. We actually share the same promo code called FF3. No, his is broken. It's Corey B, actually. That's the one that gives you just the best 15% off. It's the number one value amongst Hashtag all other streamers. FF yeah. Freak. yeah. Hashtag <laughs> F Team FF Freak. Uh, but yeah, that that that's it for the intros. Um, Again, Brian, it's so that you're here. Um, and I would like to also announce that I am not sponsored by Mana Traders, oh. and the code BBD does not work. <laughs> you will receive a zero percent discount. They actually so. add money. They actually add a little bit of dollar onto your bill if you type in right. code BBD. Yeah, they actually it's fifteen percent more money. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's a fifteen percent extra charge. It's just and you actually charge. you get no benefits. You actually get yeah. less card value too that you can actually yes. rent as well. It's down to seven tickets. <laughs> they, down, only, they downgrade your account. You only have a select number of cards you can choose between chief among them is hero precinct one <laughs> yeah modern horizon lantern two. control you, you can check out lantern control you can check out that esper modern deck that has a reanimate that has plays on burial rights there's like yeah. six decks you can check out yeah modern horizon 2 is not available if you type in promo code bbd where it is <laughs> readily available if you use promo code Corey b yeah exactly oh that's mm. too good that's too good but yeah uh, so that tournament series is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to play in that. And then the pumped. week after that is SGG Con. We have tournaments, man. Tournament. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to Vegas, too. So I, I'm going to play in that modern event as well. Well, have fun with that. I am yeah. not going to get caught dead on an airplane in Vegas. Vegas and COVID are like two of my least favorite things. Putting them together. Oof. Well, not <laughs> COVID at the tournament. Yeah. Because the tournament, you have to be vaccinated. Yeah. And that is a huge boon. But every fucking where else in Vegas, that is not the case. And I am. <laughs> deathly scared of it <laughs> yeah that is that is a good point that is a good point i agree yeah but the <laughs> tournament the tournament itself i like that same with ssg con you have to be vaccinated I, I i i really i probably wasn't going to go to the invitational truth be told uh but then they they had the vaccination only so I'm yeah i don't i don't that. i don't like any tournaments uh without vaccination right now i totally agree with you yeah it's just too much but anyway this tournament it doesn't even matter because it is online mm. and worlds will be the first digital worlds of all time um, which is really cool. So, world, the world championship is also, you must be vaccinated as well. <laughs> <laughs> you're in a room with 16 players. It may be a digital room, but you know, still, you better yeah, be you're safe in a discord. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. You're in a zoom call with 16 other people. <laughs> yeah, Masks are required. Did, when when yeah. you did your deck tech score, did you have to stay six feet apart? We have did, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, that's good. That is good. <laughs> so I'm just on the far left side of the screen. The person I'm doing the deck text you know on the far left it looks like we're on a face-off movie face-off cover of a movie <laughs> that's so good face-off right. Corey. i thought you weren't familiar with that film oh well, i got familiar when you told me about it on the last podcast mm. so yeah great <laughs> <laughs> all right let's actually talk about our topic let's so we it. are going to be looking at all of the decks from worlds now it is kind of convoluted uh to just look at it holistically so we're gonna have to break it up uh, into a lot of things and to do to start that I, I kind of want to I, I I did test a little bit with Seth or at least helped him a bit and I got to know where his mind was and he had a lot of the same thoughts that I did and um, even if they were I think the last minute changes he made were worse to his deck but he thought that look <laughs> green green is probably the best deck for average play yeah um, this field probably is going to under respect green because they're just a bunch of is it fanatics already. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so there will be probably more is it decks than should be represented. And then the last piece of information that I at least gave Seth is like, look, I think green is very good. I probably would play it given the amount of testing I did. I didn't do a ton of testing because I wasn't preparing for anything. And life is very much in the way I streamed a few times and played a little bit on the couch. Yeah. But it are like people, you know, there's this, been this debate about whether Epiphany should be banned. And people are like, well, green's doing better than it. And I just told him, and you know, like my whole stance is Epiphany is just one good build away from being the best deck. It is just one stage away from somebody figuring it out and figuring out how to build it and what to do with it. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of tech that just wasn't explored previously that we see at Worlds. Yes. Some of it I was starting to test with. And I think I want to start by talking about uh, Stan's, Arnie's, and Andre's uh, Is It Dragon's deck. So, because- so first, just before you get into that, I got to tell one story that we were uh, a part of, Brad, when I-, I was doing some testing with Seth as well, mostly just being a punching bag and having him beat up on me while I played some Is It decks. Uh, that was about the extent of it. But we were just chatting, and BBD can attest to this as well. Seth, like right before decks are due normally before pro tours it's like ah, kind of waffling between one two decks maybe here he was like yeah you know i, I think i have some growth in me I'm, I'm only thinking about like changing one card and i'm just gonna agonize <laughs> that about that for the next five hours that was his quote and it cracked me up and i figured you'd oh, appreciate yeah. it brian <laughs> oh yeah for sure i actually yeah. wanted to share a quick stuff story this was from two years ago i believe uh, the World Championship, where uh, we were at a tournament in Phoenix. I believe we were in Phoenix. And uh, Seth, I was talking to Seth, and uh, he was, this was like after they had submitted Decklist for Worlds, but before they were um, available, he met, he talked to me and was like saying that he play, he was playing Mono Red, but he's like, just don't tell anybody that because like deck lists aren't available yet. And I was like, you know, sure, I'm <laughs> not going to tell anybody. <laughs> and then uh, Chris Kavartek walks up, who is also a Worlds competitor. And of course, the topic of Worlds uh, gets mentioned. And Chris just says like, man, I really hope that people didn't bring Mono Red to Worlds. <laughs> and Seth just busts out laughing like he can't keep it in. And Chris is like, ah, okay. <laughs> okay. Like, I just thought that was great. He's like, don't oh. tell anyone. Don't let anyone know. And then two seconds <laughs> yeah. later, he... Yes. I, was, I was there for that and it was fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, too good. Too good. Or maybe you just told the story to me right afterwards. I can't remember. I think I was saying it because I think we we're at the back of the hall for that. Yeah, I think you were like nearby, but not maybe not like directly involved, but you were around. Sure. But yeah, that was I don't know. It was too good. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, no. Seth, either, Seth is. Yeah. Amazing. Either way, these big tournaments always bring back the like pre pro tour testing stories that are just too funny to to not mention. But yeah. Anyways, Brad, tell us you, you were thinking you like the is a deck. Well, no, I, I just want to start there and talk okay. about this deck list because, um, I, you know, whether I, I can't get into everyone's head for this tournament, but mm-hmm. looking at their deck list it, it and even other deck lists that, and we'll get to them. They also thought that green was probably going to be more represented. I thought there was yep. going to be like six green decks. There's only three. Mm-hmm. Um, same. And, and if you look at Stan Arnie's and Andre's list now, now what you all should be doing is going to, if you're going to follow along. Hopefully you've seen these deck lists. It's a couple days, so I've got I bet you're familiar with them. But you can go to magic.gg and go through deck lists and find the Magic World Championship standard deck list uh, page and follow along with us. And when we're looking at their decks, there theirs is slightly different. Arnie's is a slightly different, but it looks like they tested. Yep. Their deck is playing four unexpected windfall main, which is a two colors red red instant as an additional cost to cast a spell, discard a card, draw two cards, and then create two treasure tokens. And that is along with four Galvanic iterations. Um, this was something I've started to dabble with uh in my lists but i couldn't pull the trigger because i thought at the time there were so many mirrors with four disruptions two disdainful strokes a bunch of counter spells yeah and it did it didn't feel great but that's the best plan you can have against green because one of the biggest problems with these uh is a decks that a lot of people are playing is you don't have time usually to play your draw spell but here your draw spell is ramping you to the eight mana needed for all runs plus galvanic iteration and mm-hmm. if you ever iterate and then windfall you're you're just getting back the mana and just drawing two cards off of 
Yorgo Vanek iteration. It's kind of disgusting. Yeah, because I mean, it's always been insane to copy the uh, cathartic reunion type of facts. Like whenever we've seen decks do that in the past, it's it's usually been something sweet. Now you get to play iteration that also just copies your removal spells as well. Like, yeah, this deck is really interesting to me. Yeah, and um, now Unexpected Windfall is not that great in Blue Mirrors, especially if there's a lot of counter spells, and that's something that they did. You know, they have two Test of Talents main, a third mm -hmm. in the sideboard, two uh, Malevolent Hermits, and then they've got five Dragons, which is really cool, two Storm Breath and three Smolder, or two Goldspan and three Smoldering Egg. Mm -hmm. And I was even starting to dabble with a few Goldspans in the sideboard, and they are pretty good because uh, sometimes you just need to transition a little bit and mm -hmm. a Goldspan Dragon, even against a green deck, can be absolutely devastating when you're on the play. Oh, yeah. Goldspan Dragon into attack, have Burning Hands, is so good. And that's the one thing I was always thinking with these turns deck, is the creatures for game one always walked into the removal that other decks had, you know, like Blizzard Brawl from Mono Green or whatever. But then it's pretty awkward because the next game, these decks usually take out that removal spell. So I always felt like the creatures belonged in the sideboard as well and have a little transformational plan. Now, in an open deckless tournament, it's not as valuable, of course, because, well, they're going to leave them in. But I, I I still think that is a good plan because oh, no, you can't leave in all your removal from these aggressive decks, you know? Yeah, and they could also upgrade them into the... um uh the tangle traps as well if anyone played them yeah that's true the only thing that like worries oh sorry go ahead bbd i'm just gonna say i like that like all these decks kind of have like some deadish cards for the variety of matchups that they'll play mm -hmm. like you know test of talents in the main deck like you you don't want that against uh mono green or whatever and then mono look at mono green like they have like blizzard brawl in the main deck or whatever yeah like, yeah, like, and, that, and 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 yeah, but even like the test of talents here, like with four unexpected windfalls, you can get more aggressive because other lists played disdainful stroke, but it's still not that good against green. Whereas right. yeah. this is at least something you can pitch to windfall, which is actually awesome. Yeah, windfall seems great. Yeah, especially in the green matchups, but it, it will suffer against other mirrors, especially um, counter based ones. Um, but uh, yeah, I did. I do really like that they came designed for the aggressive matchups, and I do like their list there. But I think we got to now address the elephant in the room and scroll on our page down all the way down to. Uh, <laughs> Are we doing my favorite deck? Sh should I call it what you called it? Probably not. But that's uh, that's how excited I am about that deck. Yeah, this is okay, well, uh... its official name is Big Dick Grixis. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and that's played by Matt Sperling, Yellow Hat, Ely Cassis, and Jan Merkel. Uh, a four-person team and a six. Like, we played four people, Brian. We tested four people, or I did back-to-back -back years, once with you and once without, um, when the field was 24 people, and I thought that was excessive. They did 25% of the field. That's just mm -hmm. outrageous to me. That's a lot. That's a lot, that but they lot. all tested together. They all qualified, so they went with it. And um, to, to, to be honest... Like, and now I have barely gotten into this. I have not played many matches with it mm -hmm. um, because it, you know, like we haven't had a bunch of time. I will in the near future, but uh, they might have deservedly so just have the best deck in the tournament. Now, for those of you who are looking at this, this is the Grixis version of Alren's Epiphany that's running Lear and oh, the Celestis yeah. as two unique cards. Um, I was testing the Celestis early, just one copy, and I liked it. And I've seen Lear in blue, black control decks, but never in the epiphany deck and the main reason can you tell us why the main reason why Lear is in this deck Corey? yeah so Lear is incredible in this deck the one thing that all the mono green decks are doing to attack basically every deck is fighting you know either inscription or blizzard brawl so if you can play Lear and you've cast a fading hope at some point in the game you now have that card in your graveyard to be able to just bounce whatever creature they're trying to fight with or just as a good tempo swing you just get to play it right away or against other decks that are trying to kill Lear with you know direct damage dragonfire or anything you can then fading hope it back to your hand so it gets to protect itself immediately with cards in their graveyard that's kind of the main reason they're playing for fading hope they just think that that is is so important and then your graveyard just kind of becomes a toolbox so if you can keep it alive for one turn then all of a sudden next turn you're just casting whatever you want more expressive iterations more removal spells 
and it just gets carried out of uh, out of hand really quickly. Even as well, if the Celestis discards an early All Runs Epiphany, it doesn't exile itself like, you know, when you play it, of course. So later, if you untap with the Leer, you can just cast All Runs Epiphany from your graveyard that you might have looted away before. Corey, what if they try to counterspell the Fading Hope that you use to protect your Leer? Well, then it, you can't do that because the spells can't be countered. Did I not mention oh that? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Touche, touche. Yeah, and of course, if it resolves, you just get to resolve uh, epiphanies whenever you want. So if your opponent has a bunch of disdainful strokes or something like that, they're just completely dead in the water. I got to say, Grixis Pile coming from <laughs> Ely and and a thief and those like i it just it's oh, like yeah. a perfect deck to come from that squad it's yeah. like some garbagey grixis pile <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, not even that this team, uh, not this even team that truly it's, it's it's even better sorry brad i gotta say one last thing for jan merkel he qualified for this event by playing this super mopey is it control deck uh from last season that topped off with cure best the sea god so i just picture them all thinking like ooh, blue seven drops we go up to seven of those against mono green with those cyclone summoners in the sideboard as well i just th- thought it was too funny oh yeah <laughs> oh i'd be i'd be shocked if they keep all of their epiphanies in. i would be shocked too but for the sake yeah. of my joke uh i I'm thinking they leave it in. Oh yeah, and I know LSV worked with this team, and he loves him a seven drop. So yes, um, yeah. Where's a uh, hexplate golem in the yeah, list or whatever? Exactly. Like. <laughs> they even found so a I, way for their seven drops to cost six with Allrun's Epiphany. That's really looking outside the box. <laughs> I don't know. That feels like cheating, though. You, I know you're not paying. If you're not paying full retail for your seven drops, are you doing it right? <laughs> Oh, but so, I love uh, this deck, bro. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I have two things to say. One is just to, to tip the yellow hat at um, this team. All season, they brought a lot of interesting decks, and they dedicated a lot of time and work mm. and energy into Magic. And it really showed deep into the season where a lot of people were just picking decks. I don't know. My motivation, I know, wasn't there. Yeah. And it wasn't the easiest year with personal and Magic professionally. To care mm-hmm. you know you wanted to care but like you know the mind is an amazing place and a lot of people struggled but this team consistently worked hard and brought a lot of cool decks and they're topping yeah. the season off with honestly i can't tell you if it's good or not but it looks like a masterpiece and i really mm-hmm. want to get into why i think that because it does also just look like a grixis pile yeah and uh you know i heard that ely was the mad scientist behind it and i did a whole season on the scg tour testing with him and then you know i saw firsthand that dude is a workhorse and so is everyone on that team so if they win this world championship with this deck i would not be shocked at all and it's definitely my favorite favorite yeah, to win it's definitely it, a cool it's definitely a cool deck too if it yeah. like there have been less cool decks that have won world championships than this thing. So not that, not that it matters how cool your deck is if you win, but like a collecting company deck, that would be super lame. If you do that, it's just like, wow, you played creatures that cost three or less, you know, Brad, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's garbage. And an and a and an Eldrazi strategy. Well, yeah, that would really diminish boring. your that would really diminish the trophy a, a bit, I would think. But you know, I don't think that's happened yet. So. <laughs> Okay. It doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> so I actually want to talk about this deck. Okay. Um because I I think it's a little early to say this, but I'm going to. I think it's a deck building masterpiece. Me too. And and the reason I think that is not only is the Lear and the Fading Hope, right? You get to that um and you're like, "Okay, this is cool." And you get to the Celestis, but if you look at the deck, it's got a ton of one of spells and a one smoldering egg and all these things. And what it really does, uh, it showed to me is um, there's this theory, this truth that I've been realizing with magic for a while, which is the difference between the best version of an effect and the second best version of, of an effect. Um, the margins are really slim right now in magic because so many things are so good. Like we were talking yeah. about burn down the house and um, saga of battle of frost and fire. Right. And mm-hmm. we and we have arguments between two counter spells or two cyborg threats all the time because they're so close. But there are diminishing returns. Like these drawing the second, like not drawing a smoldering egg in a game isn't going to hurt you. Drawing one probably is going to help you. 
drawing yeah. two, probably going to be bad. Yep. And and so, you know, when these diminishing returns aren't there, um, or when the diminishing returns are there, but the the sac the cost of not playing four of cards isn't, then you get away with things like this, where all their removal are close, but once they're all in the graveyard, or once there's a combination from the graveyard, you have more options. Yep. Um, when you leer and so to me that's just huge and i love that there's just a bunch of one-ups because it's not about which ones you draw early whatever your power word kill your blood chief's thirst your center them, and your pyre are all probably going to kill their two drop mm -hmm. but later in the game you'll be able to sequence so much more cleanly when they're not all cathartic pyre or power word kills and what have you now that is super well said because it yeah that's exactly just how it how it looks how it plays out. The one thing I will say that this deck could have a little bit of a rough time with that maybe they weren't as prepared for based on looking at the list is the model white deck. Like it goes so wide and they don't really have that many sweepers. I could see that being a little rough and their big card that they had in the sideboard to deal with aggro is cyclone summoner. I do or cyclone summoner. I do not think that's a good card against the hyper aggressive white weenie decks that a few of the Japanese pros no. have brought. So I, th I think that they could struggle there. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and we can actually transition into that um, because yes, this deck looked designed for a all runs epiphany and mono green field, but mm -hmm. late in late into testing in the last weekend before decks were due, Mono White started gaining popularity. Mm -hmm. It won a Magic Online challenge, and it um, was just getting a little hype. And it, maybe this team just thought that they were so <laughs> close with this decklist, they liked it, that they may, maybe made a few changes for that. But it doesn't look like they really yeah. respected it. And honestly, Brad, I've been saying this for years. I think you can back me up on this. Is these creature decks that are converted mana cost three or less are so good for worlds uh, fields, and it's just you know, a really high skill level to play these type of small creature decks that you just have to play perfectly, you know? So, yeah. It, was this another Coco joke? Yeah, it was a Coco joke. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally missed it. I was, I was uh, zoned in. I totally missed it. Ah, uh, dang it. Uh, okay. Sorry. I can repeat it, y'all, if you, if you want me to do it again. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. That's, that's okay. We that's got okay. the gist now, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. So so we've got Ray and we've got um Ikawa both playing mono white at, at I believe, and then we've got uh Mori playing a very unique I, I won't even consider a white weenie. It's just like a blue white mid range deck. Yeah, yeah. Um that is looks... Yeah, that is interesting for sure. Noriyuki Mori just brought the spice to when he qualified in the Challenger Gauntlet, playing that first is it control deck. Uh, you know, that the Jan Moritz Merkel team ended up picking up. So just wanted to play a brew again. And I didn't really think I was going to be seeing the blue adversary at the world championship. So th this deck is spicy. I mean, I also think it looks good. Do you think so? Like, I, I don't well, know how to I value mean, it. So against is it decks like, I don't know, uh, like um, concerted defense seems somewhat messed up against um is it decks yeah concerted just, defense yeah. everyone is a four spike for non-creature spells and then for each yeah. party member uh it adds a, a mana you have to pay and to be honest this deck is really ready for an office party there's a lot of different creatures i don't know if there's all four i don't know if you can complete it because i don't even exactly know what they are but i know that you know most of the creatures are different party mates which is pretty cool i yeah, think it, there's three I, th I don't think they have any rogues, but they have the the other ones are all taken care of. Yeah, I mean that's as yeah, close to that's as close to stubborn denial as we're really gonna get in a deck, right? And that card just dominated modern for a while, so it makes sense. I mean, it's yeah, like it it it's basically a spell pierce and possibly even a little upside on it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested in this deck, um, seeing how it plays out. I I, I just I have no idea, so I'm not gonna really talk much about that. Actually, I think Jerry's writing an article about this deck this week. Um, yeah. So that'll be cool to see. But let's just talk about generic mono white because we've got Ikawa and Ray Saito playing it. They've uh, they've got a very interesting list that um, isn't what a lot of people were playing. So they've got Portable Hole main, Stonebinders Familiars main, um, <clears throat> which <clears throat> most weren't playing. But then for Sun Gold Sentinel, which is super interesting. And Sun Gold Sentinel 
I believe reads colorless white three two. When it comes to play, you can exile a card from a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Correct. Yep. Okay, yep. and then it is. I, I can't or read attacks. it here, so I'm guessing it works on attack. Oh, too. it works on attack. Perfect. Okay. Yep. And then it's covet ability. Is it three he- colorless white or one colorless white? It's one colorless, one colorless white, white, and then hexproof and unblockable. I believe. I don't know. Yes, for a color of your choice. You yes. choose a color. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah. You choose yeah. a color. It's hexproof and unblockable <clears> from those colors, and so that is a great way to like push final damage against mono green because it's just it gets ignored yep um and then just the normal stuff right like adeline it's interesting that redain is something that they have in the main i i wasn't fine redain all that great but uh adeline is messed up i didn't even read until this weekend that it's it's not when it attacks it's when you attack yes it is quite disgusting and really good with the sentinel at being unblockable and then putting a creature most of the time they have a blocker for that creature at that point but still really helpful they're pretty happy about their is it matchup and they think they're okay against green and uh, one thing that's really sweet that they probably didn't really plan is the interaction with sun gold sentinel and this grixis deck that's trying to play all these cards with flashback you know that they probably looked at that and they're like oh a graveyard deck and we're playing a hyper aggressive creature that deals with the graveyard like that's a bonus oh especially because yeah. there's four of them yeah like yeah um yeah, yeah so- sun, sun gold plus adeline is great you immediately have uh <clears throat> three different powers and sun gold plus well, the the one drop your one drop turns into wild nakadal if they happen to play spells up the curve which isn't very likely but you know still yeah. impressive what does stonebinders familiar do i thought it was it yeah gets pl- so pluses off the sun gold sentinel right yeah so it's it's really interesting it does a lot through this deck bro it's uh one white it's a one one whenever something goes to exile put a one one counter on it so portable hole hits it sun gold sentinel hits it elite spellbinder hits it it's um, only once per turn only once per but turn e- but, yeah. but even if they foretold <laughs> it's gonna trigger exactly yeah so yeah. it's it's a one drop that can just kind of get out of hand um so yeah it's it's a really interesting card just wanting to make sure you have a one drop seems really important for these white decks uh since they are kind of clunky at the twos and the threes yeah and i i'm also like super impressed with um you know them actually using curse of silence which is the enchant player i remember um like the one of the most one of the people that has become most one of the most hyperbolic uh magic streamers oh uh, i know what you're gonna zan say Sy- zan Syed. <laughs> yeah yeah he was like curse of silence is the best card in the set and i was like well now i'm gonna read it <laughs> at least i'm gonna read it <laughs> so it's white enchant or a curse enchant player as curse of silence enters the battlefield choose a card name spells with a chosen name enchanted player cost two more to cast which is absolutely devastating for all runs epiphany uh whenever enchanted player casts a spell with a chosen name you may sacrifice curse of silence if you do draw a card uh, very interesting card that they are playing. They're also playing Guardian of Faith, which is also another one that I thought should see play, but hasn't in a while. And mm-hmm. now for the first time, I'm going to read your ambushed on the road. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, too. <laughs> what, it's actually white, sick. <laughs> white instant choose one. Return target creature you control to its owner's hand. Target creature gets plus one, plus three until turn. Yeah, it's a, it seems fine. Yeah. I, I mean, so the thing that it seems sweet to me is it's like the white snakeskin veil. It either protects one of your big creatures against removal, or you can pick up intrepid adversary and kick it for larger for an alpha swing. You know, like I think that's pretty good magic card. Yeah, I, mm. I can see it. And then also the, I love the two brutal cathars force sky clays, my list. I posted a list of white uh, in my, what we'd play not as good as this. I'll tell you, but I thought white mm-hmm. would be the best deck to play right now. Um, but I, my list had a ton of brutal cathars and sky sky club apparitions as well yeah um i do think this is the, just so good against green exactly like i do think this is the sleeper pick like it, i i put grixis as the deck that i think is favored and if any upset comes out i think it's gonna be um one of these mono white decks because i can just see it sneaking under and not being prepared for at all in this mono green epiphany you know arms race that they've been fighting with each other yeah and then and then um I mean, that's the deck actually like after this is over, uh, because I have so much work to do. This doesn't really need to be said, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go get Amber and I some dinner and then probably a Starbucks, even though it's late and just burn the midnight oil and play and write my article because I'm writing about uh, world's decks uh, this week for Star City <laughs> Games as well, breaking them down and stuff. Were you planning so on I, that I, topic the whole week or? 
Now, well, oh, I was going to do predictions. That came to you today? I was going to do <laughs> predictions of what I expect, but okay. um, I was not predicting what was expected. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is a, I think that is that, a great uh, phrase. <laughs> I think that the like the decks look pretty sweet for this tournament. I mean, yeah. I know I'm a little bit out of the loop of Magic, but it's kind of cool what can happen when you run a tournament early in a format and not... Uh, whoa, whoa, the... whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Wait, do people like that? Apparently. Apparently. Oh, Brian, we haven't gotten to the second format of Worlds. It's Yeah, or sorry, excuse me, the third. So there's there's some rounds of Limited. <laughs> there's two rounds of this standard. And then we're actually going back to Lovestruck Beast standard uh, to, right. to mix it up. I, yeah. I, th- I, I thought I thought we were actually going back to um, actual Innistrad. Yeah, what our previous expert wanted. <laughs> hey, I really can't talk shit at all, and I joke and I kid, but your world's deck got me back to the Pro Tour. So, uh, yeah, I, I, that deck was sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that deck was so right, now, sweet. Now, now yeah, my, my world's deck was so great for that tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was mine. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. mine. Yeah, I bet. All right. <laughs> Last up, though. What's up? We have to talk about, uh, well, we've got two more decks to talk about, but I want to keep us on course because late, like Saturday night, I started wanting to work on um, these Gruel Splash Blue decks. I just thought they would be good. Man. Yeah. I, I, I really did Seth a, a dirty by just having an, an absurdly busy and stressful life outside mm-hmm. of magic lately so i couldn't help him all the time because i was just on the cusp of thinking that this deck would be very good and yana manuel Deprop is honestly someone that i think gets gets a ton like uh is often overlooked yeah he I, is I, phenomenal uh, yes he is very good at magic yes and he is constantly putting up insane results like he was one of those people that was a nobody and then hit mpl right yeah. And yep. since then, he has just been proving himself over and over and over again as just one of the top competitors. Yeah, he just and hasn't specifically won a thing yet, but that's it. Yeah. And that's like his only asterisk. But he's just been to top eights and finals of so many Mythic Championships and Pro Tours and stuff lately. It's been completely obscene. Yeah, and I love his list. Now, he is playing Gruel Splashing Blue for two Negates main and two Disdainful Strokes in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. But what what i want to mention is he's actually still playing the prosperous innkeepers uh to fuel just a much more accelerated deck and only playing two reckless storm seeker which i thought was low i always played four but it might be correct to play less mm-hmm. but the main thing i want to talk about is moonvale regent because that's a card that has not gotten a lot of love and deservedly so it's not the most hyped and powerful thing going on right now but you know how um I was really hoping that Briarbridge Tracker was the next tireless tracker, Brian and Corey. Remember like a few weeks ago? Yep, yep. We um, we were hoping. The, act- the truth is Moonvale Regent is that card. Mm-hmm. Moonvale Regent is such a phenomenal late game tireless tracker that um, it can just generate so much value as you churn through your deck, especially uh, when even some of your lands are spells. So even if you want to just cycle, you know, uh, a, a small shatter skull smash and try to find threats you can just target your own creature for red red against an is deck yeah and i've just found that that card to be phenomenal in these ramp decks and and i never played a list with four prosperous innkeeper and four magda and i don't know if that's correct but um i'm very excited to also play with this deck because it looks like it's doing what you need to do in this format i might make the cyber a little bit better against white yeah uh because that 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 is the one thing where he you know he doesn't have for moving forward but for the tournament itself i think it's a very unique take on this strategy that hasn't gotten much love and i'm very excited to see how how he does with it in a sea of uh these these decks and and even grixis you know these dragon fires might be able to get one of those off guard yeah and i'm uh i'm not gonna lie i'm the complete opposite about this deck i do not like this deck and uh, I, you know, I, I'll be happy to be proven wrong because I, I love uh, John Emmanuel Deprav, but I do not personally like his chances with this deck. It, it just doesn't seem that good to me. But like I said, I'm happy to be proved wrong comes world time and I'll, I'll oh, you I, know, I, eat I, my I, words, I, but I don't, I don't like oh, the look I'm not, of it. I'm not, I'm not standing behind it. I think that this yeah. is the best version of this archetype I've seen and oh, I'm okay. hoping he does well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that's I like, 
Like if you, I think if you, Moonvale if, Regent. This looks like a good shell for Moonvale Regent. Like, like I, I just think that he's playing a bunch of garbage cards and he's playing a couple of big payoff cards mm-hmm. and like, and he has a lot of mana. A lot of his cards are super cheap. Um, I don't know. It, yeah. it seems like it seems like the the style where Moonvale Regent would be oh. something good. See, yes, for me, for me, that what I think about this deck is I don't think it's doing the hyper aggressive things as good as Mono Green, and I don't think it's doing the kind of aggro control stuff as good as Is It Dragons, and it's definitely not you know as controlling as just like Is It Turns with Epiphany. Uh, and Goldspan Dragon or something like that. So I don't know if it just boils down to I don't like mana creatures in this standard right now because I think you have to be really fast to affect these Is It Turns decks. Otherwise, they just completely destroy you. But I just think you got to pick a lane in this early standard. You got to really, you know, be a be a dedicated Epiphany deck or be a dedicated yeah, beatdown you- deck like Mono Green. And I don't like the middle ground, and that's what this is to me, but... Yeah, it is mostly aspirational because, like, when you're saying this, I fully agree. Like, yeah. one, of, one of the reasons I moved away from just Barrow Sentinels, Magdas, and Prosperous Innkeepers in the first place was that I started realizing that you still have to draw these cards later in the game. Exactly. And, you know, it's not a, it's not this big, amazing thing. It's not, it, it's not like I had this revelation that this shouldn't be what I'm doing. It's just that I would play Magic and I would just flood out and mm-hmm. my cards were weak. And that what I was ramping into wasn't that much better than what my opponents were doing for one less mana. Yeah, and and look at this, bro. Like, I'm looking at this deck, and if it's staring across from a Leer, the only way that this deck can actually get it off the battlefield is one of the three dragon fires. If you have another dragon in your hand, like that is not good. That is not good at all. <laughs> That's no, gonna but be it, rough. It, it, it is it is fast. Like if this deck's on the play, this you deck can, can you can shatter skull smashing. As oh, well. you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. It's... All right. Yeah, you can Shadow Skull smash in it, but that's also true. you can just smash them. And yeah, like that's the whole thing. Like the bounce, like we just talked about this in the sense of White Weenie. Like the the Grixis deck is designed to like bounce these big, mopey, big green cards, right? That because yeah. the deck's slow, it doesn't have one drops, but White does, and this deck does. Mm-hmm. And so if you get out off to the races early on them, their bounce spells are inefficient. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're just dropping, you know, you you play a few extra early things. And so, like, they just might not have time all the time to do the things that they want to do. Whereas, like, Mono Green's clock is much slower than I would say, like, this deck's clock. Um, yeah, I suppose. I would say I this deck that, looks, yeah. looks a little weak to sweepers. Like, be, I mean, you have, you have, like, things like a follow-up dragon or whatever, but... Mm-hmm. A lot of the creatures in this deck are very like weak on their own. Yeah, yes. that's usually and, and mana generally... creatures with sweepers as well. Like historically, wouldn't you think, BBD? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Historically, like a lot of times, these decks that play these cards that are weak on their own, but that have incredible synergy with each other, uh, they they will lose to decks that are good at clearing out creatures and generate a lot of card advantage. Um, yeah, like so, Hero of Precinct, know, like Hero of Precinct one decks against like Nissa ramp decks with Uro, something like that, you know, bad synergistic cards like Hero <laughs> of, uh, I mean, <laughs> Hero of Precinct one, and then just good powerful cards like Uro. Yeah. But yeah, I, <laughs> um, I, gonna, yeah, I, I'm not even gonna dignify that. All right, I'll see I'm myself out. <laughs> and, and well i i completely agree with you um in that there's not a ton of wraths and also when i'm even on the is it deck like these are the decks i'm a little scared of just because a counterspell goes a long way mm-hmm. yeah uh, it seems big to draw that to draw one of those two negates or uh, disdainfuls after board or whatever yeah or disdainfuls after board and also after sideboard like i will say that um reckless reckless storm uh seeker is maybe one of the most powerful threats to be playing against these is decks right now because they're so reliant on burning hands. Now the Grixis deck is not, but is decks are are reliant on removal that doesn't reckless Stormseeker kind of gets past. Yeah, that's true. It's a very very powerful card uh, against is it. I I found it to sometimes just decide the games for me. Like if I if I just can't interact with it early, because also sometimes if you can't interact with it, like you kill their two drop and then they play that. Sometimes you just don't have a play. 
mm-hmm. and it flips and they play something else and give it haste and kill you almost or put you at like eight. Yeah. And let's never forget yeah. that Reckless Stormseeker into a Zika's Chariot is still probably the most aggressive and powerful thing you can be doing in standard right now. You know, yeah. that's still insane. It's just not being played by anybody but JED. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, this deck definitely has a chance. And there's two more Reckless Stormseekers in the board, probably for that reason. Um, yep. Yeah. Just then, not a good card that you want against green. Another another concession thinking that green will be bigger. Yeah. And then I like trackers probably against green. Uh, he probably brings those in and then like copies clues to maybe go late game and just outdraw that kind of stuff. Or just deck. block the chariots. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I definitely believe that that's the case. You can you can cut cut that and just try to go long with your regions and your your gold spans. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh the last thing to talk about is green. Now, the only people that brought green is Paulo, Sam Party, and Seth Manfeld. And truth be told, I look at their deck list, they they do have a few uh arguments on things like Sculptor of Winter or Lotus Garba. I personally have really liked Lotus Garba and I get the arguments. There's arguments mm-hmm. all over the place about why Sculptor is better, but when I'm actually playing the deck, one of the things that I've liked the most out of Mono Green is that you can play like a two drop, and then so like if you have the chariot, you can play Lotus Grow Round Two and try to ramp normally, mm-hmm. or if you don't, you can play three two drops, and your first two drop doesn't have to be the Mana Accelerator. Um, yeah, that and is- so. Yeah, that is a really nice thing, I would agree. And then you got the flip side of Sculptor of Winter being better when you play like your fourth land and you have Inscription, where you kind of want that to be an instant threat, where with Cobra, it's pretty awkward to have it as a sorcery. And, you know, you can do some other decent things. You can untap some lands um, that have like old growth troll stuff on to be a little extra rampy. You can untap faithless havens to do some blocking. So there's a m- few little things that don't come up a lot, but it's also a snow permanent to help for blizzard brawl. I don't know how big that is, but I guess that is a thing. Yeah. I've never even considered that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're all your lands are snow. Yeah. So you can, does that mean blizzard brawl? If you play two snow lands into sculptor, you can just fight, on turn two then or oh, fight on turn two. fight on turn three which yeah i guess you could have already fought on th- turn three so yeah that doesn't really do too much but yeah but yeah i mean there's not much to say about this we've been talking about wanna green for a while and that kind mm-hmm. of uh wraps up the end uh of it like yeah I, so i mean i i agree i think my prediction is that the the two best performing decks in my mind is going to be the grixis and the mono white deck yep i agree with you yeah, I think I think that'll be that. I think that the Mono Green decks will have a tough tournament. Just because. Let me ask know. a question. What are your thoughts on? Is it dragons? Oh yes, I forgot about. We didn't talk. Dragons. We didn't really talk about that. Yeah, I, so you to Takahashi is playing. Is it dragons? Yeah, he's playing I, the four smoldering eggs and four goldspan dragons, um, which is interesting in the main too. So, this is a very different list than any of the other is it less in this in this format in this tournament yeah i i'm just not a big fan of this this strategy um i understand what the appeal could be to have the threats because sometimes the threats can be good in the mirrors uh but the reality for me is that you kind of need things to line up uh in a certain way for your 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 cards to have efficiency in this format Mm mm-hmm and it just doesn't happen often enough for this deck. So, like, for me, I, I I know it's powerful and I know it can do its thing. But even just looking at the data, too, like, it was, it just, it's a poor performer. Yeah, the one thing that I'm looking at this deck, too, it kind of screams, like, I'm going to kick Mono Green's ass. Because it, it's just got a lot of great removal, even Thundering Rebuke in the main. And probably going to struggle with the mirror and especially the Grixis mirror with Leer once again. I just think Leer is like the card, you know? Like, everything's a sorcery that deals with um, Leer except for Dragon's Fire if you have one of your four Goldspan Dragons. And if you just have Leer plus Fading Hope against this deck... And, you know, you either tempo them out by them just bouncing it to their hand and then replaying it next turn, or they untap with it. I don't see how this deck beats the Grixis deck. Yeah, I don't know. You could, I, you could, I really have, Ash, you could have an Ashmouth Dragon, too. I mean, yeah, not like not as likely, but it's possible. Yeah, yeah I don't even know true. if the Leers are, like, all that impressive against Dragons. I don't know 
either, oh. but I just every every scenario I look at for standard, I just plug in a leer to it just because that card is just so cool and unique right now. I didn't even know it existed. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. I, I could <laughs> not tell you what set it's from. So I just it just got me jazzed it's to this see new today. one. <laughs> yeah, okay, well perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um no, it, it is a really cool card, and I'm excited to to work on that deck too. And yeah, this I think Is It Dragons doesn't uh excite me all that much. Uh, but I do think that is it dragons might even be better than the, is it iteration or is it epiphany strategies against the Grexus deck? That um, I, that I think is probably true. So you think maybe Stan and, um, like Arna and stuff maybe are going to have a little bit of a rough time. Oh, they're for sure going to, I think that they have the worst deck in the room, uh, like, or the, the most difficult time because the mono green did not show up. The aggressive decks did not show up. Yeah. Um, and even even the ones that did like they don't have the exact cards they want for white right like they don't have all of the uh what you might call it's the cinderclasms yeah nobody's playing cinderclasm in this thing that's why i think mono white has a chance but yeah and and even though the unexpected windfalls are superior uh you still have to fight all of the other uh epiphany decks and unexpected windfall is not that good against them yeah against aggro it's still four mana to just do nothing that affects the battlefield like sure no, it is fine. it is exceptional against them uh, at least mono green I, I mean i can believe it but still it's like it's not like it's completely destroying a battlefield or something it's drawing cards it's getting some treasures and i agree that you know well, it, it does synergize you, it gets, with the rest but so it, it just gets you to with a little bit if you interacted once before an unexpected windfall and you cast on turn four, you're probably not going to die the next turn. Yeah. And then you can use that turn trying to keep interaction up, do a divide, whatever, get close to death. But then what it's done is it allows you to have the mana to play a Galvanic iteration and Auron's Epiphany on turn six, not eight. Mm. Yeah. And then and then you can start, you know, after that turn, you should be able to catch up in a, in a very impressive way. Yeah, that is a big deal. Yep, 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 yep. Especially with four galvanic iterations, like that is a large number of them as well. Yes, so. they they are they are planning on copying demon bolts, yeah, unexpected windfalls and epiphanies. And that's the thing here. Last thing I'll say about this before we wrap this episode up is we may be you know looking at some decks like oh, I don't know about this. All these decks have something really really cool and some unique aspect to them where i think if any of them won the tournament i wouldn't be too shocked you know so it's it's all a thing of inches and i'm proud for us to eat our words next week after you know <laughs> something we didn't expect wins dude i would love if maury wins with this blue white deck i haven't played with it i'm not gonna insult it i'm just gonna say that it when i'm saying what i'm saying is not to insult this deck yeah it is that it is so far removed from what i understand about magic right now yeah in this format that I can't make an opinion on it. Like it could be very good. It may I, be. That's why, that's why I played a few matches <laughs> yeah. is very important, but like Legion angel is not a card. I'd look at and be like, I need to play with that. It may be the craziest story of all time. If he wins, do you know the whole story with Noriyuki Mori? He ju- yeah. He, no, yeah. Mori so he just still, started me, playing. Like a, yeah. 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 He started playing two years ago. Okay. And made it all the way to the challenger gauntlet where he got a spot by playing his own brew. And we looked at the stats and did the math where he played so much arena within those two years that it, it was like six hours a day on average, you know, and granted it's through the pandemic and stuff too. But uh, and then he was just interviewed later. He's like, yep, I pretty much just studied, ate, played magic, went to bed, repeat, you know, like through the pandemic and just became a sick magic player and now made it all the way to the world championship year two of him playing. Says that he has not like, you know, really played limited at all. So that is going to be the aspect that is going to be a little tough is drafting against literal the best people ever. And yeah, that's he's gonna played be tough. mostly standard. And that's the same with Case Kas- Sato as well. Uh, both of them were just um, arena championship players that played nothing but standard. So it's going to be an interesting event to see, you know, if they can pull out some limited wins as well. That's a really cool story, though. Isn't it sick? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And then, it's, and then after the Challenger Gauntlet, that is a deck that he created was picked up by Jan Merkel and the rest of the team with them. Like Luis Scott Vargas was on the team, and they changed the list, added twenty cards and a Yorian, which just genius. And uh, you know, and then qualified through that event as well, all through Noriyuki Mori's list. So it would be the coolest story ever if he won this event. 
I gotta say, I have, I am rooting slightly for Jan Merkel because we both share, we we shared a special moment in an earlier tournament last year where we were the only two people playing a deck, uh, and when it was the lists were made public and he saw that I was the only other person playing the deck. He did like a, oh, God, when BBD is the only other person playing the same deck as you. And then both of us did bad. So <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's so good. So I got a root for him for that because that was great. So, oh, that is so good. Yeah. It's going to be All right, good. Well, I, that is going to do it. It is going to be awesome. Coverage starts on Friday morning. Uh, I do believe Limited's first. Yep. Draft a root uh, first. Draft a route first, and then we'll go into constructed. What is the structure of this tournament, bro? So it is uh, three rounds for draft, and then two more rounds of standard, no cut, and then you switch to the next day, and then just five rounds of standard, and cut to your top four. There'll be some playoff oh, rounds. Oh, just one draft. Yep, just one draft. There'll be some uh, tiebreaker matches, you know, like if there is a tie for fourth and fifth, it's no, it doesn't come down to tiebreakers. You got to earn your spot. And then the top four plays in a in a structure, so it's it's going to be pretty sweet. But only ten rounds because it's only sixteen people, so every round is going to so be when, pretty crazy. So when you said they played five rounds of Eldraine Standard, you lied to us. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, sorry. Wow. I, well, how, else, sorry. how else were we going to get you on the episode, buddy? Yeah. Yeah. Had to bribe you. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I guess. Um, all right, and that about does it for the episode. So let's just wrap it up with the casting crew. Now, the casting crew is our most loyal supporters here at the Bash Bros Podcast. And if you want to be a part of the casting crew, you can go to Patreon Patreon.com slash Bash Bros Podcast. Brad usually does that, so I I, I butchered it. BBD, I butchered it. You are. Uh, <laughs> it's like you're from from Blaviken, Corey. Yes, thank you, thank you. I've I, I practice. I practice in the blabbering. All right, so let's kick it mm. off. First, we got Tosilo, and Tosilo is in charge of middle management. So you know, doesn't take any of the slack like the CEOs for any of the huge problems. But also, damn right he doesn't. Yeah, but bosses around all the people below him and gets paid pretty handsomely to do so. So Tosilo, you know, kind of has it made. Damn right he does. Damn right. <laughs> all right, we got Adam. <laughs> That is my personal hype man. What I just did for Tosilo's middle management role. That's what Adam does for me when I'm taking a shit. Oh. When I'm brushing my teeth. When I'm staring at a wall forlornly for hours at a time. Okay, okay. That's what Adam does. Yeah, probably not the best when you're uh, watching football and just trying to relax and and Adam's no. just yelling about it, huh? But you know what? That's okay. Not the best at all. When the Vikings are... are playing horrendously and losing to the Browns. <laughs> Not the best time, but you know what? What Ooh. time really is the best time for that? Yeah, Brian, don't check your DMs on Facebook then, because I think I sent the equivalent of that in a text form after the Vikings lost as well. So yeah, don't open that, okay? Mm. Mm, yeah, all right. I sent you back something. It's a video <laughs> skateboarding. Okay, I'll check that after the episode. Thanks, buddy. Thank next, you. Next You're up, welcome. we got Brandon, and that is the official BBP spokesperson slash scapegoat. So anytime there's a problem, you know, any information gets leaked or anything within the company, Brandon is the person that's owning up to it. That's for damn sure. And really, any kind of problem, it's it's all on Brandon. All right, we got Steve. That is our Bash Bros task rabbit. So his job is to put things together. However, Steve couldn't put me back together after the savagery I had to deal with from you two buffoons in this episode. Hey. So I don't know, a little bit of a misnomer there. Hey. I'm still broken. So, so. Sorry about that. You know I was kidding about Collected <laughs> Company. Collected Company is the shit. I just I had to get my jokes in where I could. But were you kidding about the world's thing next up we got dj and dj has been promoted <laughs> lately to the bbp's official lobbyist so anytime we have any lobbies that need cleaning brian this is dj's job actually i'm not going to lie i don't know exactly what a lobbyist is his job is to uh confront kirsten cinema in a bathroom oh to get her instead of passing legislation that the majority of american citizens want his job is to make sure that she doesn't pass that 
so that our personal goals can be met at the expense of the American people. Hmm. Okay. Sounds like a lovely job, question mark? It's it's horrendous, okay. but someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do and it. And we thank DJ for it every day. We do. All right, we got Bino Gatista, who was originally supposed to be this week's special guest, mm. but I was actually caught on camera at a bar um, making disparaging remarks about the Bash Bros podcast, and uh, Bino's currently dealing with the media fallout from that, and it would... Not have been prudent to have him as a special guest this week. Wow, after all the many weeks in a row that we've been trying to get Bino as our special guest, would still say that and and at a bar, uh, no, at at you know such a place, huh? That's yeah. Thankfully, somebody uh, was recording at the time. Thank had it caught on video. Not all heroes wear capes, just like S. Sarudi actually does wear a cape to the office as well. Um, for does, all yeah. the special jobs that S. Sarudi does, and that is our business analyst. So anytime uh, our business needs to be analyzed, S. Sarudi's there in a cape. We thought it was weird, but you know we mentioned that on day one when S. Sarudi started. He just said, "Hey, I'm going to keep wearing that cape. I'll still do my job," and that's exactly what he does. All right, we got Wapo. That is the Lord of Puff Puffs, a reference to popular uh, auto battler storybook brawl. Mm. Slight note about Wapo is um, I destroyed him in a game of storybook brawl not not but a couple days ago. Really? That's funny because actually a story about Wapa, I completely destroyed him on the ladder when we were playing uh, a match of magic, <laughs> like within the last week as well. So <laughs> sorry, Wapa, actually, we love you. Change your name so we can't call you out on the podcast if we do battle, you know? <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, d- defeated him with a strategy that's called scam because oh. the entire point of the strategy is that you scam your opponent with worse units than what they have into, into winning. Wow. And uh, that's exactly what I did. I scammed the shit out of him. Well, so. I scammed him by uh, teaching WAPA a little bit of math. I did some dividing by zero, and then I copied mm. some all runs epiphanies and attacked for 22 damage points. So it was... Uh, not very nice of me. Seems that the only person who needs a math lesson here is you, Corey, because you're not allowed to divide by zero. It's just zero. It's undefined. Oh, touche, touche. Well, if my math is wrong, we have one person to blame, and that's Adam. That's our ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. He wrote all of this about me not knowing how to divide by zero, <laughs> not knowing yep. what a lobbyist is. You know, I mean, all of these things that seemed rather strange for a 30-year-old individual was actually written by Adam to kind of spice up the show a little bit. So great, great work by him once again. Adam was Corey's <laughs> North Dakota education teacher. Yeah. He was, he was your, no, AKA, he's your elementary school teacher. You mean there's a there's a title for that already. That's my personal scapegoat is the man down education yes. system. <laughs> All right. We got David Watt, and that is the special guest screener who what a job he did this week pulling in a not I mean you know, reaching above your station, people talk about it sometimes, but the Bash Bros podcast really reached well above their station to pull in a former world champion of this game. Yeah. Uh, to, to be on this episode. Yeah, David Truly was legendary. David was reaching above his station at the first six special guests that he tried to contact and then just <laughs> lived at the baseline, you know, when we finally got our, our special guest here. But anyways, that's next up. We got Paul Ka. Sarowski, we need to start drinking yeah. more soda, man. Yeah, I, I, well, it's actually probably good that I'm not drinking soda right now, yeah. but I wish that I was because I love the cold, crisp, refreshing taste of a not sponsored Diet Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, but. I am looking at two empty Coke Zero cans as I speak. So honestly, it's just poor planning on my part. It's what they call a can jam, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, I was jammed. A nice reference. You still yet to play, right? You got to play whenever you can make it out to visit. Oh, no, I've played before. Remember, we we came to the conclusion that Brad said you should you should uh, look into can jam for when you go on a vacation with your family to the beach, mm. and 
That's right. Then I was like, well, what's Can Jam? And you explained the game to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've played that game before on a vacation with my family at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So no chance you'll be doing it at this next spot. Absolutely not. No. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, Paul Kaskarowski. Now I'm just all butchering the names. Uh, That's BBD's Mm -hmm. Walt Staring Photographer. Paul, I miss I miss Paul's work. The yeah. the pictures he used Good to post work. in Paul or in uh, in Paul in the Discord were just so glorious, so very funny. I hope he Paul, I hope you grace us with another portrait one of these days. I'll hang it on my wall now that I'm a homeowner. True. Yeah, mm. get that framed. Yeah. Speaking of framing, Phil is somebody that we often frame for a lot of horrible things because we don't know what he does. Yeah. And so if something goes wrong and no one steps up. It falls under uh, Phil's purview. Yeah, unfortunately, we already have a scapegoat uh, in the form of Brandon. So literally, Paul continues to do absolutely nothing. We just don't wait. Well, it might be something, but we just don't know what it is. So, yeah, it's probably it's probably nothing. It's probably nothing. Next up, we got Sultan Abbasi, and that is our designated mana dork. And uh, you know what? I guess this one's got to be sponsored by Siestas. Or as I mispronounced it earlier today when I read the card, Cialis, to be taken twice daily as prescribed. <laughs> and you actually just mispronounced it against Celestis. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. I Am was, I wrong? Yeah, I was I was thinking that it's Siestis. Isn't that when you like take a nap as far as a business day goes? Like you. That's a, that's a siesta. That's a siesta. Yeah. So I thought it was first that. And then, uh, you know, I read read Cialis. Okay, mostly <laughs> mostly, I just made that joke to people because yeah. I thought it was funny. Um, and here I am making it again. Joke. That is a good joke. That is quality. See, whenever I make a good joke within a week, Brian, I save it for this podcast and then re-say it here because I don't have many zingers in my life. I mean, that's just good content, Corey. Yeah. I mean, that's what comedians do. They bring that same joke to different places over and over and over again so i guess i'm just a comedian at this point i don't see why not sweet that sounds accurate to me speaking of comedians garameldi is our merch store manager (laughs) (laughs) we gotta work Uh, on your transitions buddy (laughs) thank you thank you and our merch store is a joke so (laughs) no what are you what are you talking about we literally you have not checked out our bash bros podcast um thing today someone by the name of philology is trying to get a playmat to be mm. able to have it scribbled on by the bash bros at the scg con so we might have sold our first playmat that would be dope dot gov and it's all because of gear meldy so next up we got patrick and that is our office party coordinator patrick has been working a lot with noriyuki mori on all his party plans in his azorius deck that maybe we're going to have a giant party with all of us after noriyuki mori wins world yeah i'm I'm planning on getting so shit-faced that i'll need a cleric to (laughs) help me out after that's done (laughs) All right. No, you'll need a warrior gotta... if it's anything like before, buddy. <laughs> That's that is that is true. Yeah, I'll need a I'll need a, a de- fucking detective is what I'll need. All right, we got Victor, and that is now since Brad is not here, I'll say it's Brad's first place trophy holder. Not a lot of work out for Victor right now. Not yet. Not a- <laughs> almost almost like he's unemployed. Yeah, not after he's moved away, and uh, you know. It doesn't have your world's trophy anymore. You know, that was the main job is holding that up since he stole it from you. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone, right. that does it for our casting crew. If you want to join the casting crew, you can go to patreon.com slash Bass Bros podcast and join there. We really appreciate all the support. You keep us afloat and pay our editor and all that jazz. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week for another Bash Bros podcast action. Bye. Peace. Bye.